Hello and welcome to Piano Rhapsody, an amateur's guide to classical piano. This is a podcast where you follow the musical journey of an amateur piano player who's striving to play advanced level works one day, specifically Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, which is where the podcast gets its name. Every week we break down one of the pieces that I encounter along the road to this goal, ranging from the 18th century all the way up to modern day. We'll explore the history surrounding the work, examine the music within, and hopefully we all walk away a little bit more informed and appreciative of classical music. This is episode 19.3, the third episode in a series where we're discussing one of the greatest sequels of all time. No, not The Godfather, not The Empire Strikes Back, but Bergmuller's Opus 109, a collection of 18 etudes to follow up his popular Opus 100. These works are all colorful character pieces that are intended to teach the player a specific technique. We've already sampled six of the etudes in the prior two episodes, and today we're going to tack on three more. And just in time for the start of the Halloween season, all three etudes today share a loose theme of things to be afraid of. Which sounds like a category on the $20,000 pyramid. Which is how much it was worth when I was a kid, but adjusting for inflation, it's probably about $20 million by now. The first etude of the day is number 12, titled Awakening in the Woods. Now, this might not sound like such a scary thing to some people, but if I'm waking up in the woods, then something has gone horribly wrong. This etude is written in the key of F major, the key of furious regret. Complacence, controlled calmness over the readiness to explode, deeply angry but composed and still sociable. This is an exercise in octave playing, which is one of the most common intervals used throughout music. An interval refers to the spacing between two notes, like a third or a fifth. Now we know that the keyboard is composed of a series of seven white keys, which are labeled A, B, C, D, E, F, G, as well as the black keys in between. On a modern keyboard, these keys are repeated seven and a fourth times, leaving us with seven or eight notes of each letter on the piano. For example, there are eight C's across a piano keyboard, and the fourth C from the left, or 4C if you will, is a key more commonly referred to as middle C. Now let's take this back to intervals. A third would be one note together with the note two scale degrees higher. So like a C with an E. A good song to think about to identify major thirds by ear is the Gershwin jazz standard, Summertime. Those first notes in Summertime and the living is easy are major thirds. Now, not to complicate things too much, but some intervals exist in both a major and a minor version. 
Thirds are one of those intervals. You could have a major third, like we just heard, C and E. Or we can lower the third note a half step to create the minor third, where we would have C and E flat. So following the third example, you might correctly assume that a fifth would be a note together with the note four degrees higher, like C with a G. To pick out a fifth by ear, think of the opening to Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Now octaves go back to that idea about having seven or eight keys with the same name across the keyboard. An octave is when you have two notes together of the same name, like middle C or C4 together with C5. And one of the most well-known, most instantly recognizable usages of an octave in a song would be the opening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow. This etude is filled with playing octaves and trying to help your hands stretch and learn the natural distance of an octave. It opens with the right hand playing split octaves, meaning you play one note then jump up an octave to play the next. Then the etude trades the right hand for the left, so the left hand can get some practice doing the same intervals. You know, I'm not sure where the title of this etude comes from. Awakening in the Woods. I guess if I stretch my imagination, I could see how this jumping light music could accompany little forest animals and birds, like some Disney movie interpretation of a forest morning. But it's a far cry from the terrifying music I would expect from Awakening in the Woods. Either way, here it is. This is the Etude in Octave Playing, number 12 from Bergmuller's Opus 109, Awakening in the Woods.
The next etude on our list also happens to be my favorite one. Number 13, The Storm. Now this one is a more appropriately atmospheric candidate for the Halloween etude episode. First of all, it's labeled with the terrifying number 13. It's music to simulate a thunderstorm, and it's written in a minor key. D minor, the key of pious ruminating. Melancholy, feminine, brooding worries, contemplation of negativity. This etude kind of picks up right where number 10, Velocity, left off. We talked last week about how that etude was an exercise in right-handed passage work, or technically show-offy playing, that lets the brilliance of the piano shine. This etude also contains some passage work, but it's a little more demanding of the left hand, giving this etude some bass and requiring an element of control that number 10 didn't. Our A section sets the dark mood of the piece with a bass melody in the left hand. This bass line is accompanied by a frantic, nervous right hand including some broken octaves that we just happened to perfect in the previous etude. And when we throw these two hands together, we have a picture of a threatening storm. And there's something about the waviness of the right hand that makes me think this is a storm at sea, which also plays right into my perpetual fear of drowning. Ever since I was a kid, I would have nightmares of drowning alone in the ocean. But a podcast probably isn't the best avenue for self-psychoanalysis, so let's get back to the music. The B section of the piece raises the bar on the left hand and makes it move a little bit more. until it crescendos to the peak of the storm. And then we find ourselves right back where we started, rounding out that ternary form of ABA. But instead of just ending things here, as Bergmuller usually does, he writes an extended closing section and does something kind of interesting. First of all, he changes keys right at the end. So we experience a shift from the menacing D minor to a calmer D major, as the storm begins to soften and fade away in a brighter sounding key of optimism. Then, a lone voice. Is it the captain? Is it some random sailor? Whoever they are, they sing a hopeful sign that the storm is over. 
the piece ends with closing chords that resolve in cheery sounding D major, with the boat happily going on its way after the storm. This is Etude number 13 from Bergmuller's Opus 109, The Storm. And lastly, on our Halloween Etudes episode, we have number 15, Sylphs. Sylphs are invisible spirits of air that were first written about in the 16th century by German physician and alchemist Paracelsus. So how did Bergmuller musically style a bunch of invisible spirits that are basically ghosts? Well, first of all, the Etude is set in G minor, the key of uneasy discontent. Worry of the future, of a failed plan, gnashing of teeth, struggling with dislike and malcontent. Well, it certainly seems like the perfect key for a group of spirits. And then to mimic the sounds of these invisible ghosts, Bergmuller writes right-handed, arpeggiated flourishes that are supposed to teach a light, quick touch, which is the focus of this etude. Then the B section of this etude modulates the key from G minor to G major, and a waltz-like melody emerges. But in order to stick with the theme of this etude, occasionally throughout this waltz section, We'll hear a ghost sneak by. 
This section is like the scene in a movie where the ghosts are dancing on a sunken ship. Or there's an old haunted palace ballroom, and they show this happy flashback right before the entire royal family gets murdered. After this, we revert back to G minor and have an exact repeat of section A, closing with a series of crescendoing ghost calls. This is etude number 15 from Bergmuller's Opus 109, Sylphs. Awakening in the woods, a storm at sea, and dancing ghosts. All pages out of my own personal book of fear. Next week, we will conclude Opus 109 with the final trio of etudes in the work. Happy October. You can find the standalone recordings of the pieces we discussed today directly in the podcast feed. Check out Piano Rhapsody on SoundCloud for all of the tracks heard on this podcast and more. You could find me on Twitter at Piano Rhapsody or email me at pianorhapsodypodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, the best way to support the podcast is to hit the subscribe button on your podcatcher and consider rating or leaving a review. It's the easiest way to never miss a new episode and it helps the podcast gain more visibility. Thanks as always for your time and your ears. And remember, the piano keys are black and white, but they sound like a million colors in your mind.